What's going on everybody? Welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies. We're here to talk about The Dark Knight Rises, directed by Christopher Nolan, starring Christian Bale, Tom Hardy, Anne Hathaway, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Gary Oldman, Morgan Freeman, the list goes on and on. It is the epic conclusion to the Dark Knight trilogy. And I'm going to use epic loosely to start this review, but before we get into everything involving The Dark Knight Rises, my son Brandon here to help me break down this movie that we actually just watched before recording a rewatch, and I definitely have some new thoughts on this after having this be incredibly fresh before talking about it. Hey everyone, big fan of the first two movies, but I wouldn't say I'm crazy on the third one though. Yeah, it was interesting to rewatch this. I mean, I have seen this movie several, several times, but something about it this time uh, definitely didn't hit the same way, but we'll save that for the spoiler section. So what we're going to do here at Matt Goes to the Movies is we're going to get into the first segment, which is called Watch Rating. Now, watch rating, if you're a first-time listener or a long-time listener and just need a reminder, the watch rating is graded out of three categories. It goes low, there's no reason to rewatch this movie, medium, good, you know, some good qualities, you would throw this on, maybe it's on your recommended streaming service uh, in that list that they always send to you, or it's high, you, you own it, or you would just, you know, if it's on a streaming service that you have, that you have a subscription to, you would continually just find a reason to watch this movie. And in this segment, we will also give a quick two-minute spoiler-free reason as to why we grade it in that category. I'll go first, and for me, uh, this movie is a medium. It, it, it's not a low, but it is, it's teetering towards the lower end of medium for me. There's a lot of logical gaps in this. There is a lot of what I consider downtime on the on this recent rewatch of this where uh, this movie actually gets kind of boring to me and really I think solidifies what my problem is with the Dark Knight and the ending of that movie because this this really is a, a you know a follow-up to what happens in the Dark Knight and what that decision meant for Batman, meant for the city of Gotham. And I think this this movie just exploits the, the fundamental flaw in my mind for what is wrong with, uh, with that decision and how this trilogy panned out. But I will leave my spoiler-free thoughts at that. Yeah, I would say it's a medium as well, especially when you compare it to, to the first two movies because... What's especially crazy is, like, there's something big happening in the ending. And while, like, the Dark Knight Rises, you have the entire hospital thing. Like, you don't feel the same way. You're not like, oh my god, are they gonna get it in time? Like, you're kind of just bored at that point. And it's super weird to, like, have that. Yeah, I, it's... I, I think, really, for what you and I want to talk about, it has to be spoilers. Yeah. So, yeah. what we'll do is... Like we always do, if for some reason you have not ever seen The Dark Knight Rises and you don't want to be spoiled for what happens, this is where you pause the episode and you watch it and you come back. 
Uh, you can turn this on on HBO Max right now. If you have a subscription to HBO Max, this movie is currently available on that subscription service. So let's get into popcorn time. Popcorn time is complete spoilers. We break down the main story of this movie, its characters, what our favorite scenes are, what our least favorite scenes are, uh, and everything in between. And the story of this movie, it, it's eight years. Basically, the summary. It's eight years since Batman... Uh, in collusion with Commissioner Gordon, vanished. Assuming responsibility for the death of Harvey Dent, Batman sacrificed everything for what he and Gordon hoped would be the greater good. However, the arrival of a cunning cat burglar and a merciless terrorist named Bane forced Batman out of exile and into a battle he may not be able to win. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the movie in a nutshell. But it doesn't make sense that he's gone for eight years. And and that's my biggest problem to start my portion of spoiler uh, spoilers. There's no reason he ever took the fall for Harvey Dent. They could have pinned that on the Joker. The Joker was killing people left and right, terrorizing the city. There was no reason that it couldn't have been the Joker or one of Joker's henchmen that had killed people in the Dark Knight. And it really makes... For me, a really bad story for The Dark Knight Rises in terms of why he's gone, how he miraculously somehow comes back, like, out of nowhere. Because the motivation for him taking the fall in the first place, for me, isn't necessary. I really wouldn't say so either. But it thought, like, I always kind of excused it because it gave, like, one of the best lines in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> and, but then it kind of... It's weird, because they probably didn't think about this when they made The Dark Knight. It's always just for that scene with Bane when he tells the truth. Yeah, it... And that's it, too. Like, how big Harvey Dent was, that's it. He only has, like, one scene. Yeah, I mean, it It feels... You know, they do try to do justice to what they decided to go with in The Dark Knight, and, you know, they play off it. The, the city's, you know, experience peace in Gotham and granted you know they talk about how there's you know no cities without crime but Gotham is without organized crime for the first time you know ever well that's uh, something also on Nolan's world building which is actually really good that's a good part of this movie is that Batman Begins it starts off as like your normal comic book Gotham then it changes in Dark Knight people always call it Chicago <laughs> mm-hmm. but that's specifically to be, this is how Batman has changed it. And A Dark Knight Rises is supposed to show that it's not really changed. It's still as corrupt as ever. Yeah, so Bruce Wayne is just, you know, secluded to his house. He's he's so devastated over the loss of Rachel that he gave up being Batman. One of my other big problems with this series I mean, in this world that Nolan's built now, Batman had been doing his thing for about two years. Uh, he gave up being Batman longer than he was Batman. He left for seven years to find a way to understand criminals and come back to save his city. And he gives that all up because of a lie, because of something that didn't need to happen. Um, it just, it just doesn't need to be this story. And, 
you know, he has no cartilage, but this magic knee brace saves him. And it's not even that, it's his whole body. Yeah. His whole body is messed up and he's still able to creep into the hospital. <laughs> Which makes no it makes no sense. He's like, You've got no cartilage in your knees, your elbows are shot, but yet he can throw punches, he can fight bad guys, he like it doesn't make any sense. And then after he gets broken by Bane, which I'll talk about that scene later, he's able to mend his back. He's able to come back and still fight. But, like, your body, basically, according to this doctor, is ravaged. It's done. Your magic knee brace doesn't replace frickin' cartilage. Like, That's it. <laughs> I just, I don't understand some of these these choices. I also don't like at all the fact that you know Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character Blake he knows who Batman is because of a look give me a break it's such a flimsy reason to know that Bruce Wayne is Batman when you could have actually used the fact that in Batman Begins Batman decides to give one of his devices to some kid who leaves because his parents are fighting have it be that kid. But no, he knows because, oh, he was an orphan and he knows how to hide pain in his eyes. Like, again, this, it just doesn't make sense for me. I don't, I just don't agree with a lot of the decisions made in this movie and the just, the logical gaps, which is weird for Nolan because I like a lot of his stuff. But I think this movie is without a shadow of a doubt, the most flimsy that he did in this trilogy by a long shot. And there's some good parts in here, but as a whole, I I really like this movie less than I thought I did on this recent rewatch. Yeah, I think the problem also is, like, Dark Knight Rises is the ending to a trilogy with two amazing movies before it. And also with the logic stuff, like, they do put it in a cohesive story, like, with this, even though it's, like, Batman and the first movie has a guy with fear gas interrogating people, like, they still make it, like, make sense. Like, there's nothing unlogical that goes on in those movies, really. Yeah, again, logic in this movie doesn't seem to make sense. He, I'm gonna skip, how does he get back to Gotham? After he comes out of the pit. There's like no time for him to get the guy. He <laughs> to he, get the suit and everything, there's no time. He didn't call Alfred. Alfred didn't come pick him up. Doesn't have a phone. Like but he, he somehow manages to get back to Gotham and be in the the exact spot that Selena Kyle's in, who I'm just gonna go ahead and say this and get this out of the way now. Her purpose in this movie is basically half the time to look sexy. That's it. She's not a good Selena Kyle, which is also because they didn't write Selena Kyle. They just wrote Catwoman. <laughs> That's like, it. In her relationship with Bruce, that kiss, I just, I don't believe their relationship at all. It's um, super fast. That's the thing. Like, I'll compare it to the new movie. Like, yeah. They get time together, and, like, it's believable. But, like, these two, especially when... Bane versus Batman in the first round and to the like last kiss, there is no time where they're really together. Right. And I mean, you know, he's he's broken up with Rachel, but he he found a second to real fast, you know, <laughs> to sleep with Miranda Tate. Um 
Because why wouldn't you? But I think that's part of the problem, too, is, like, why it was even more, like, relevant to me of how I don't like this Catwoman. I feel like she's really kind of underutilized. And, and their relationship isn't believable is because you got such a good relationship in the Batman. And I try really hard not to compare the movies because of their own thing. But it's hard not to in this case because I never really liked their relationship in the first place. And now it's just, again, for me, it's even more on the forefront seeing what a really good Batman and Catwoman relationship looks like. Yeah. Like, it, you kind of have to compare them when they share the same thing. Like, both of them meet for the first time, and it's what... And then they build on it. Yeah. And, you know, you have... Like I said, there's... There are some good things about this movie. One of the, just, the main pieces of this series as a whole is that relationship between Bruce and Alfred. And it's fantastic. Michael Caine and Christian Bale play off of each other so well of that dynamic. The scene where he's going to leave and he finally tells Bruce Bruce the truth. Like, I really feel like those two people are devastated that their relationship is over. They portray every single emotion on that screen that they're crushed that this 40-year relationship is done. Yeah, it shows. Like, they, even for all three movies, they work. It's kind of different, especially if you watch the Batman and then go back to here. It is different. But it's also Bruce Wayne who, like, is out there and everything. And they kind of, like, Alfred kind of builds on, like, Bruce. He also helps him with the fight. Like, he helps him. He's like, what are you going to do for this and this? And he knows a lot, too, and helps Bruce basically understand Bane in this movie. Yeah, one other aspect, I mean, let's talk about Bane. I really do like Bane in this movie. I like Tom Hardy. I think his portrayal actually is really good. Uh, I think he is intimidating. The way he gets taken out in the end is ridiculous. Oh, my God. (laughs) And then the simple fact, too, after the whole movie of him crushing people with his, like, crushing throats with his hand, snapping necks, like... I got a gun now. Like, he's going to shoot. Like, I know he shoots one of the henchmen in the stomach in the sewer. He would not kill Batman with a shotgun. And he was ready to shoot him in the face with the shotgun until he gets hit by Catwoman, who, you know, the the Bat Cycle is such a high-tech thing that she knows how to drive that just as good as Batman. Yeah, she stole it. Didn't talk to Bruce Wayne or Batman at all about it, but she flies. She goes flying from the past she was all the way to where Batman is. That's a long way to go. Like, I I, I really have a hard time defending this movie as a whole after rewatching it. I, for the longest time, was like, yeah, it's, it's good. The scene, I'll fully admit, first seeing this in the theater, I've talked about this multiple times, but... I got teary-eyed when Batman showed up on screen again for the first time because the anticipation for this movie at the time was so big. And at the end of the day, it is Batman. I mean, it's Batman. And that that scene and the theme and everything, just the cops chasing him, those, like, it's really good. It, it's a really good scene. But then it is just bogged down by illogical choices. 
Like, this movie, like, rewatching Spider-Man No Way Home, recently watching The Batman, watching Avengers Endgame, you know, these movies with these long run times, this is a movie, and I've, I felt this before, and it was, I was thinking about it during this, this is a movie that feels long. Those other movies never felt long. This movie, at, at times, I'm like, ah, this is still going. Like, it loses momentum a lot. Well, I once again, the ending is really just whatever. Like, when, being, when like, the real villain, which I'm going to say, oh! one of my least favorite Batman villains ever, like, it, it's she's terrible. Just a stupid reveal. But, like, and- after it, it just goes straight down. And this movie, like, when you compare those to those other ones... It doesn't know how to pace itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it doesn't know how to pace itself. And, yeah, the, you know, the Talia al Ghul reveal is, is, I think, ridiculous. It was telegraphed from a mile away. It Even the, the return of Liam Neeson as Roz. In a movie that's supposed to be so grounded, I, I don't care that Bruce is in pain or, and like... He's hallucinating him. Like that's my that's my thing. I'm guessing the other form of immortality is that Bruce can't forget him. You know, I just it, it doesn't feel right. It feels completely out of place for me. Um, Meanwhile, during that scene, Batman's or Bruce Wayne's back is getting fixed by one dude. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, On a rope. <laughs> yeah, I just. It, it doesn't fit for me in the universe that Christopher Nolan himself created when he wanted to make a more realistic, so to speak, take on, on Batman. And, you know, well, let's go back to some other good parts of this movie, though. Because, again, I don't want to just trash it. The opening scene is cool. I really like that. Especially if you watch it in the IMAX ratio. It's a really cool scene with the plane. I like Bane's original dialogue. Um, where he's just questioning, you know, exactly, like, why would you shoot somebody and then throw him out of the plane? Like, just throw him out of the plane. Yeah. Um, I-, I like that. That opening scene is good. The stock exchange scene, before even before Batman shows up, I actually think is good. I, yeah. I think it's well done. Yeah, the only thing is that it doesn't make sense that they even got in the building in the first place with the weapons. But... Right, but, you know, they can do everything. <laughs> yeah. And one scene that I I just can't stand, and they do this a couple times if you actually watch the fights closely, the ending where all the cops line up, which I find it hysterical, but Brandon was like, well, it's Gotham, something bad happens every day. But there's there's Why three... Why is there 30,000 cops? Yeah, there's, there's 3,000 cops in Gotham. Like, they literally say that number out loud. They say... The cops that are in the tunnels are north of 3,000. Like, what? And then they're all lined up in the street running at people with guns Guns. (laughs) who stop shooting to run into these unarmed police officers to fight. And this happens on the rooftop scene where Selena Kyle, as Catwoman, um, tries to get the clean slate and Batman somehow knows where she is again. Um, well, that's the first time that that happens, yeah. where he just, he shows up to this place, okay, fine, knows that something's going on, 
and the henchmen have guns, and you watch them, like, pitter-patter over instead of shooting. It's... It happens a lot in movies. It's it's pretty, like, relevant in this one because it is so on the forefront. You can see it clear as day uh, that they could have just shot them, and they they don't. And then when they're chasing the bomb, trying to get the bomb out, t- time is pressing. We've got five minutes to get this bomb. Exactly five minutes. They say we have five, five minutes. City. You see the timer. We got five minutes. We got to go. Down to 1.30. But let's let's let Talia make a two and a half minute speech about how the bomb's going to go off and her father's will will be done. And like, they're all just standing there. It's They are. They're standing there and it looks like something, like it looks like the wrong cut too. Because it if looks you look like at the rehearsal. It, yeah, be, and it, it looks like the rehearsal and it looks like she's saying something that's not in the script. Because Bale, like the actor for Ka, for Selena and the actor for Gordon are just looking at her confused and like just sick of her. It's so weird. And especially with the death, she just falls asleep. <laughs> She does fall asleep. She just falls asleep. Like, it it looks like the worst death I've ever seen. She just... Uh. Yeah. It's it's really odd. But it's... I mean, it's followed by... Again, it's a quick little... But it's a nice callback to Batman Begins. Where... The, the coat. With the coat and Gordon. It, it's, it's a really good scene. And it's when Gordon finds out, too. Right, that, you know, he finally knows who this guy is that he's been working with and who saved the city and who was the friend that kept his hands out of the filth, as he says to Blake earlier in the movie. But again, it leads to a logic choice that you're... I'm going to use this word here, and maybe some people will think this is too strong, but Nolan's a coward. He... He He didn't want... He... I could kind of agree with that because he didn't want to kill off Batman in the end. He sets up this legacy for Batman to carry on as a symbol. And I get that. But the way that you explained it and the way that you filmed that ending scene, Bruce is dead. That blast is a six-mile radius. When did he eject? Because they show him in the bat with five seconds left on the bomb. If that's a six-mile radius... You're unless unless the eject seat is a rocket. There's yeah. no way. Like you're incinerated by that bomb, but yet he somehow is alive, which also leads to the question of somebody would know who Bruce Wayne is when he shows up. Like I get it. He's in another country. Somebody somehow is going to know who Bruce Wayne is. But in the last movie, like Batman went to another country. <laughs> yeah. It's he's he would be found that he is still alive and also there's no money to his name anymore yeah he has dead. he has no money his assets were taken away because of you know this trade you know the the fake trades after they pulled his prints but how does he know we joked about this before we even sat down to do this how the hell does he know when alfred's there like him and selena just show up every day he's like Oh, it's I remember fate. this. Yeah, I remember this story that Alfred told me. We're gonna show up there every day during the summer to <laughs> until make until un- Alfred sees me. Until he sees me, and and I said Alfred's reaction is way too low for 
basically his best friend, what he treated as a son, died protecting him in the city, who has a grave next to his dead family. Who he's crying, saying he failed them. Tears, yeah, he failed his family, and he just sees him eating lunch with Selena Kyle, and he's just like, oh, hey. And again, I get it, it's the callback to what he says he wanted for Bruce, which is a good scene where he says... You know, you were gone for seven years. And you were happy. And I, I never wanted you to come back to Gotham because it's pain and suffering here. And again, I get it. So it's a callback to saying that's that's what he wanted to see. But there's so much around it. That yeah. <laughs> you, you would think his reaction would just be, I I, I don't know. I, I just, again, it, it is really rare because I like Nolan a lot, but I would say for me, this is this because I've watched a lot of his stuff. I Brandon, I you haven't watched as much as I like the Prestige and no. you know all these other things. But this is easily the for me the weakest Christopher Nolan movie that he's produced. I mean, in terms of even the Batman movies, it's easily the weakest. Yeah, it's and what's funny is that if this movie was first, none of this would have really mattered. Mm-hmm. Because that's like I said it earlier like the dark knight is the weakest movie in an amazing trilogy it's an it's an all right movie with a lot of plot holes but it's in but it's literally in front of and after one (laughs) batman begins which is really really good and one of the best batman movies ever yeah um I just, I don't know what else to say about this movie because it's really just going to be kind of downing on it. So, I mean, we could talk about how still amazing Hans Zimmer went with the um, oh yeah Dark Knight theme. <laughs> yeah, the score is amazing. I mean, that's, he's never had a bad score. I, I've just never seen him put anything on a score that I haven't absolutely been in love with. It It is fantastic throughout the entire trilogy. I mean, the, the choices in this, and that's another thing that, you know, I think helps amplify some of this. And we'll, we can jump into that with speaking of the movie score. Let's talk about the option to not have a score during the initial Bane and Batman fight. There's always there's always a time where you could just go completely silent and it works. It works 100%. And that's one of them because that it also simplifies like Batman stands no chance. Yeah. Cuz his team is playing before and they just cut it out as soon as that gate drops. Yeah, it is that decision is so well done just to hear um Every single hit that is happening and the brutality of it. And he has some, Bane has some good lines. Except for one, which I mentioned, does not work. The one line does not work. Even though it's really good, like, it does not fit because of what he says. What, so, what, what line are you talking about? Which one? So, when they're down there, he's, these have weakened you. Victory (laughs) hit. victory has failed you or something like that but it's like no that's not what failed him he won it was first of all the loss of rachel that led him down this path but it's also bruce wayne not doing anything for eight years but that's the real real reason it's not because of victory it's because he decided not to do anything afterwards but the line is great the line you could use for literally anything else and it'll fit yeah i mean for the most part he's got really good stuff but 
I agree. That's a little odd. I don't think it really works in that. Bam's also nice to kids, so. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he he makes sure to give that, that kid a compliment that, well, he doesn't give it to him directly, but. That's a beautiful, beautiful voice. Yeah, like, that's kind of funny. Like. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Like, no. No, let me nuke this. <laughs> I'm going to nuke this football field and talk to the crowd like I'm Chris Berman at halftime. Yeah, with with of course the only person in the world, only one person in the world can disarm this thing. There's only one one person out of six billion people on the planet that can be smart enough to do this. And it's not the dude who made it. Yeah, it, that's it, the thing too. It's like Lucius Fox serves no purpose at middle point of this movie. Right, exactly. So he tells the story about the bomb and it's over. Yeah, and he's out of there. We originally built it as this, but I don't know what the. To do. Like, <laughs> like, oh, good lord. Bane moved it to a bomb, and he and he had no idea how. <laughs> like, yeah, it's... Yeah, the only way that they know how is to get it back to the fusion reactor, but this guy would know how to deactivate it just in it, in the form that it's in. Yes. Not not the people who built it. Not, not them. Um, and even then, they can't, actually. Right. Bane messed it up, and he can't. Like, actually defuse it. It's going to blow up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, anything else that you want to talk about in terms of, like, the main story part of this movie? What was I going to... Uh, not really. I guess, like, honestly, even though Bane's, like, a really good villain, it just doesn't even hold up. Like, I guess he's probably... He probably is better than Scarecrow in Batman Begins, I would maybe say. But, it, I, but I swear that ending just, oh my god. <laughs> it's hard, it, it's difficult for me because the the way he goes out and the way he is, I, like, and again, this is just my feeling, he's second fiddle to Talia. Even before he's it. taken out. They make it like that. As soon as she's revealed, she is like the, she's in charge now. Yeah. Everything Bane's done is now hers. And let's go, let's go move this bomb. Yeah. All of a sudden, Bane's in love. Like, we find yes. out Bane's, Bane, you know, loved this kid, like, yeah. wanted to protect her. All of Bane's dreams of liberating Gotham's are all gone, because she wants this bomb to go off. Also, how the hell old was Bane when he was in that thing to be, because they look the same freaking age now. Well, she was also a child, so. Like, <laughs> they look the same age. Like, if he was an adult, like. They they should look. Listen, they don't mention Venom at all. They changed they changed some of Bane's back backstory. Yeah, Venom's on this movie. I just realized that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just there there's so many logical choices here that I ju- logic choices here that I do not agree with. But getting into the other part of this segment, least favorite favorite scenes, least favorite characters. I, I would say my least favorite character in this movie is the shoot he's not the the not is he the new commissioner i or what what is he i forgot like is he in he's not in harvey dent's shoes the blonde the blonde cop who who doesn't care about the hostages he just cares about kidding doesn't care about the hostages doesn't care about gotham's financial like money that's another thing stolen Gotham could literally go into a Great Depression at any second because Bane could nuke that entire stock market. And he's like, let's just wait. Let's wait. Yeah, who cares? Like, he's so bad. I can't stand him in this movie. Um, I think his character is terrible. 
Also, the police chief, just really quickly, he, seriously, he he's ready to give up his whole family because Selena Kyle looks good in a dress. Yes. Like, he gets shot and he's like, call me. Call like, me. what are you doing? <laughs> what is this? It, like, it makes no sense that he has left the police force. He's been missing for days. There's a manhunt for him. He's missing. He leaves so his wife doesn't know where he is. He looks like he's casual as all get out, but he's not, like, drugged or anything. Like, you just left because of this, wo- because of this woman? Like, it's freaking ridiculous. Um, there is another character we could talk about. Cool. Uh, the next Batman in town, or Robin, who... It's clear they who's just, dead within the first couple of months. It's also clear they just wanted to put in like Robin to yeah. be next in line without having an actual Robin or Robin character development or any logic as to once again that man has no training. Yeah, he he's is. a hothead. He's a hothead would probably kill someone and has no training. Right, and you can have all these fancy gadgets that Bruce left you, but I don't know. Are you going to? Razor Ghoul's dead. League of Shadows is dead. Uh, I said Alfred's in the Bahamas right now. (laughs) So what is he going to do? You're living under an orphanage. But did you also, like, did Bruce leave a letter for, like, Fox saying somebody else is going to take up the mantle? Please help him? Like, how is he going to learn to use these things? And two, he has no actual fight training. Like, at least Bruce went and trained. Like, I don't care how good your gadgets are, this guy is dead within the first couple of months of being Batman because of a slip-up or something. Yeah. There's no way he would survive. It's just... And they even... What's funny? They even talk about, like, Killer Croc in this movie. Like, oh, did you see any giant alligators? And, like, most Batman fans are going to be like, oh, hey, that's him. Like, maybe you come out against Killer Croc, but if you find anyone like the Joker, you're not going to outsmart him the way Bruce Wayne did. Not and, that guy. And also, too, that ending scene, like, I'm sorry, the fact that he gets the same scene as Bruce Wayne where the bats fly and he stands up, like, no, that's Bruce's journey. Like, that's Bruce's thing to finally stand up and be engulfed in those bats and not be afraid. And you get the same shot for this character. Like, I hate that. I cannot stand the fact that they did that. Yeah. The only connection is because he's an orphaned orphan, too. So, I... I just can't stand that. Um, so my my least favorite scene in this movie, though, is that explanation that he knows Bruce Wayne is Batman because it's so flimsy. It, it is the most just grasping at straws and being right guess ever. And again, I think there's so many other ways that you could have had them have him know that Bruce Wayne is Batman. But the explanation that you get is so flimsy that I just, I cannot stand it. My least favorite is probably the reveal of the main villain. Just mm. because, one, it takes down Bane and then introduces, you have, you have literally, like, from the time it gets revealed, you have, like, 27 minutes. Let's go. You gotta, you gotta establish this char- character and they fail to do so. And, once again, you take Bane who's, he's not a Two-Face or a Joker, but he's still a good villain, and you just kicked that out of the way for this, mm. for this kid. Yeah, my my favorite scene, though, from this movie, it's, it is it is a toss-up between that first chase where Batman comes back, um, 
and the original fight with Bane. I, both of those fights are just really, really good. Um, might be a slight edge to the first reveal of Batman being back, just because I do remember like the emotion and the feeling and like the goosebumps seeing it in theaters um, when this movie first came out. So those would be my picks. Mine probably is the first chase, just because there's also like the cops. Like all the young cops have no idea what's going mm-hmm. on. But, like, the one cop's like, oh, boy, get, get your popcorn ready because you're going to see something. And once the hot shot blonde guy is like, oh, I got him. Mm. And Bruce Wayne takes a whole, like, whole plane from the, like, back of Gotham and just flies away. All the old guys are kind of laughing at him, too. Yeah, I. that's definitely a really, really good scene. So that's, that's going to be my picks. Um... Anything else before we get into the final segment? Uh, I would probably, honestly, just reassure you guys, like, it's still a good movie. It's an alright movie. It's just there's just a lot of stuff wrong with it, especially coming off the heels of Dark Knight. Yeah. So, let's get into roll credits. Last segment here at Matt Goes to the Movies. Uh, anything interesting about the film, box office records, behind the scenes, and the overall rating system, which we rate from one to five reels. Uh, you know, box office wise, this was really successful. Um, I, you know, way back when this movie first came out, there was a, a, a tragic shooting at a movie theater before this movie came out, which I think really hindered there. You know, a lot of people were nervous about going to the theater, um, which I do think actually hurt some of this, uh, the box office take for this movie. Uh, which is rightfully so. You know, the the dedication, though, like, interesting things about it, the dedication with Nolan to filming with IMAX, and if you ever watch the behind-the-scenes stuff for The Dark Knight Rises, it, it's really interesting how they filmed the plane scene, filming with the IMAX cameras. Um, you know, you can't say that he's not dedicated to his craft, and, and there's some really interesting special features for this movie. So oh, yeah, yeah. But... Uh, getting to the overall rating system, uh, you know, one to five reels, how do we think? I'll go first. I, for me, this is three reels. Um, yeah, that's my rating. It's, again, there's some really good things here. A strong relationship between Bruce and Alfred. It's always great to see Batman on screen. Bane is a good villain. And, And there's some good stuff, but it suffers from logistics uh well i should say logical um flaws in the movie it bogs down and feels long at multiple times throughout the film and it really has a a terrible villain reveal at the end and again it just it gets bogged down with illogical choices that don't make sense for a nolan movie because he usually doesn't make these mistakes and i think he he makes a lot of them in this one yeah I'd give it a three as well. It's also because I can't rank it the same as Batman Begins with like a four. So, yeah. So, all right, listeners. I mean, that's going to be it for The Dark Knight Rises here. Um, Again, though, if you have never seen this or for some reason you're getting into this Christopher Nolan Nolan trilogy, I I mean, it is worth a watch. It definitely is. You know, it does conclude what Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, you know, started. 
And it's worth a watch. This is not, you know, Batman and Robin. This is not Batman Forever. This is a this is a good movie, but it is not, to me, it is not close to the first two. Um, it is definitely the weakest out of the trilogy um, by a pretty good margin, I would say. Yeah. yeah. So, listeners, thank you so much for staying with Matt Goes to the Movies. Um, you know, coming up very soon on this show, we're going to be reviewing the Halo TV series. Uh, we're also looking to get that to be interactive. So continue to check social media pages and see what we're bringing uh, to the Halo review that we'll be that we'll be doing. Hit the subscribe button, interact, email, Facebook, Instagram, and we will see you real soon at Mac Goes to the Movies.